The resurrection is strange. It is odd. And if anyone who would read through all the gospel accounts or even the accounts in the rest of the New Testament about the resurrection, that is one of the huge takeaways that the New Testament writers wanted us to get. The resurrection is strange. It is something different. It is something unlike. It is something more powerful than our normal conceptions of life after death. Many conceptions of life after death exist out there now, and they did as well at the time of Jesus. And the gospel writer Luke, he wants us to know this thing that we witnessed and that we saw is something different. It's something beyond. And so what are some of the ideas out there that he wants to distinguish from? Well, first, and as, as there is now, even at the time of Jesus, there's this idea that life after death doesn't exist. There is nothing after death. Luke says, no. A man that I saw killed, crucified, and buried, I saw him before my eyes. There is life after death. At the time of Jesus, and you have versions of this even now, there's this kind of concept called Sheol. Namely, after death, you become sort of like a ghost. And you live in this like ghost land, this sort of like bodiless, shadowy, flesh is gone sort of thing. Luke says to that, no, because the guy that I saw crucified and buried and before my eyes again, he spoke to us and he said, ghosts don't have flesh and bones like I have. The resurrection has the body. And Jesus had a body and even, I love this, Jesus' little proof to the disciples just to show I'm not some sort of ghost. He says to them, do you have anything to eat? <laughs> That's good news <laughs> for me and for all of us. Do you, have, do you have anything to eat? This, this is the proof to them, I'm not some sort of ghost. Life after death, especially once the resurrection comes, isn't less real somehow. It's not inhuman somehow. It is fully human. So fully human that I'm gonna show you that I have a stomach. And I have appetites. They exist on a higher level, but I have them. So it's not that. In the time of Jesus, as you can hear from time to time now, there's an idea out there that there is some sort of reincarnation, that souls continue to exist after death, but they enter into other bodies. Luke says to that, no. No, because the guy that I saw crucified and buried and then I saw before my eyes again, that guy showed me his wounds. He showed me that he had the same body, a higher body, a glorified body, but he showed me that it was the same body. And so what the disciples had before them, what they saw, what they encountered, what they were asked to process and understand somehow, it transcended, it was more powerful, it was unlike any other idea of life after death out there, it was bigger. And you know how I, how I can tell? Just look at the disciples' reaction. The gospel says that when Jesus came before them and entered into the room, the gospel says that the disciples were terrified. They almost experienced a, a sort of horror. In my imagination, I kind of I think of when I was a young kid and I caught a sneak peek of my first horror film, film even though I was much too young at the time, Chucky was very popular. <laughs> 
if you remember that. And then I remember it getting reinforced again and again and again because I'd watch football and the Raiders coach was John Gruden and his nickname was Chucky and all these Raiders fans had these dolls all painted up and it terrified me. And then my sister had all these dolls and so for weeks and weeks and weeks I thought at night one of her dolls would come awake and, and come and throttle me. That was, sorry, that was a deep dive into my childhood trauma, sorry. <laughs> but the point is, I think, not that the disciples are living some sort of horror film, but the point is, their experience of life after death, it's not neutral. It is jolting. It is visceral. It is big. It makes them vulnerable because they feel terror. And what does Jesus speak to them in the midst of that? He says to them, peace be with you. And what's the source of the peace? He says, look at my wounds, let this be your peace. That sort starts to point us, I think, it leads us to the practical implication of the resurrection. The, the thing the New Testament wants us to know about the resurrection, Life after death, the resurrection, it's something other, it's something strange, it's something beyond, it's something more powerful than we could ever imagine. It's still human, but it's something mysterious and beyond. But then it gives us a very clear practical implication. In fact, a couple things that go together. First, whenever the resurrection is preached in the New Testament, the New Testament writers want us to know that Jesus Christ was crucified and we are complicit. Peter says it in the first reading of the day. Jesus Christ was crucified, and we are complicit. Peter says that, that Pilate decided to let Jesus go, and we all shouted, Barabbas, give us the murderer. Crucify him. Therefore, the New Testament says, be repentant. Therefore, be converted. Therefore, ask for forgiveness. But that only sets the stage that only leads a found, gives a foundation for this beautiful second step that is always preached whenever the resurrection is talked about. And that is this, that man we are all complicit in crucifying that God man, he has become for us our peace. That same man we are all complicit in crucifying, he, he comes back to us and he says, peace be with you. Look at my wounds. As St. John says in the second reading, Jesus Christ has become for us in the resurrection our advocate before the Father. He says, if we do sin, if we do fail in that repentance, we have before us an advocate before the Father, Jesus Christ, who is resurrected. Maybe for us then, the Easter mystery, everyone, the most practical thing we could walk away with of how I am to live now is to live in that tension. Yes, we are complicit. Yes, we are complicit in the crucifixion of Jesus. And therefore, be repentant. Strive for the higher things. But we don't stop there. Because as St. John says, Jesus Christ has become for us in the resurrection, through his conquering of death, he has become for us our advocate before the Father. this Easter season, to live the Easter mystery, let us live in that tension. Let us live in that tension between Jesus, who is crucified, 
be therefore be repentant and Jesus was become our advocate.